0: Asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker.
1: And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants,
0: and most importantly, Parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers.
1: All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet. So please
0: join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Welcome back to the Right Questions podcast. I am your co-host, Todd Parker, and this is episode, oh my gosh, 23. I actually can't believe, I mean, I can believe we made it this far, Bridget, but I, at, at another level, I can't, I can't believe it. Like, you know, it was just an idea once and, I know. you know, we put it into action, yes. so I don't know. It happened. How are you doing today,
1: I'm doing, I'm super excited about our guest, as you know, and just to be having this conversation. And if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm wearing my Cal State Northridge polo today because I would not know Todd and our guest, which are two amazing people in my life if it weren't for our connection through Cal State Northridge. So I am just incredibly excited and pumped for this conversation.
0: That's right, representing. I saw that when, <laughs> when you came on. I mean, today's an exciting day for a number of reasons. I'll say some of my kids went back to school. So we've been talking about all this change going on and the back to work, back to the office, back to school, back to sports somewhat, and then the ever changing nature of what's going on with all of it and regulations. But it was a very exciting day nonetheless, because some of my kids went back and Jameson went to, to first grade and to a new school and Isabella. I uh, went to fourth grade. So it was really, uh, uh, they had a great time. They're tired, they're exhausted, but they had a great time. So yeah, I say that because... We're always trying to teach our kids, like I say, like you know, raise them young and, and teach them young and teach them like a growth mindset to like take the knowledge, take the be open to receiving it and then do something with it, play with it and turn it into something. And, you know, I say that to open today because I think not only the question we have for today, but also our guest not only relates to it, but is a great example of all the things that we're trying to teach people in life and, and ultimately what we're trying to impart in this podcast. So here's the question today before we get to it, and then you're going to introduce our guest. Here's the question. I'm really excited. How do I go from ideas to action? How do I take ideas and put them into action? That's what we're going to talk about today. Bridget, who is our guest?
1: Well, first, let's welcome our guest, Doctor Giselle Johnson. Welcome, welcome, Dr. welcome, Dizel. We are yeah. so grateful that you're here with us. Thank you.
2: Welcome, welcome. Yes, thank you so much. I, it is a privilege to be here and to just to be in this space. I think I taught, I, I, I spoke to to Todd and and you, Bridget, earlier that I'm fanboying out over here, listening to to your podcast week by week and having that just be embedded in my daily, just in my daily weekly. Um, ways to just perfect myself, to be here and to speaking to you and to hear you speaking to me, is just, it's it's such a surreal experience. So thank you for this opportunity.
1: Oh, thank you. What a perfect opening. And Todd and I still, it feels very surreal for anyone to even use the word fan and say that they're a fan of the podcast, (laughs) but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to hear. And that's why we invited Dissolve's he we were so amazed by what he's telling us about how he's actually applying and acting on all of the ideas that we're teaching podcasts. So we know also that many of you who listen consume a lot, right? We read tons of books. We listen to so many podcasts. We're constantly absorbing, consuming personal growth, professional development content. But Dizelle, Dr. Johnson, is a perfect example of someone who takes it and applies it in spectacular ways, which he's going to tell us about and he's going to inspire us with. And I felt like I cannot keep this just for myself anymore because we've been meeting. He's been telling me all the amazing things he's been doing. I'm like, well, you got to come on the podcast and tell everybody what you're doing because it's so inspiring. And I take so much from it. So we're so excited. But before we get into that conversation, friends, listeners, let me tell you about this just amazing, incredible human being who we have here with us today. Dr. DeZell Johnson is an adjunct faculty member at California State University, Northridge. Yay, which Todd and I both are and have been for a long time as well. So we're all university faculty and we love teaching and we love you know, mentoring students. We share that passion. And he's also an adjunct faculty member at California Lutheran University. He also serves as a full-time academic advisor in the College of Engineering and Science at Cal State Northridge. And Dr. Johnson recently earned, so proud and excited for him, his Doctor of Education in Educational Leadership and Policy Studies in 2020 at Cal State Northridge. So I just love, we just love saying Dr. Johnson, Dr. Johnson, because you work so hard for that. Everybody should call you Dr. Congrats! Congrats! <laughs> Congratulations! And at a young age, in my opinion, you, you worked hard and you made it there. And we want to hear all about that. So, but his dissertation is so fascinating to me. And I want to share the title of it, untapped, underrepresented and unstoppable, a qualitative study of how peer and student faculty interactions shape the experiences of black undergraduate women in engineering and computer science just think about that. Just think about the power of what he's studying and how important it is in our world today. And I just applaud you for the work that you're doing. And and we all share this passion for inclusion and intersectionality and, and access to higher education for all. So we'll talk about that. His main researches are intersexy and STEM, including racialized and gendered experiences of women of Black and African descent in STEM, BIPOC student retention in higher education, and more. And Dr. Johnson is a servant leader, a little reference to our PASO, which I'm sure he's listened to, and a situational leader, which is also incredibly important. And his passion, his intersectionality, his pedagogy and skill set shape his commitment to serving all students and leading them to their strengths. And I know that he does that every single day in countless ways. So overall, he's accumulated in his young life, it's amazing, 17 years of experience, over 17 years of experience working in higher education in various student-centered leadership positions as a faculty member, as an advisor, as a mentor, HSI program coordinator, and much, much more. I personally met DeZell, as I mentioned, at Cal State Northridge several years ago, quite a number of years ago. And he, so we just sort of happened to be part of this program together, right? I was doing some training coaching program and we met up and he just made such a strong impression on me. He stood out immediately as someone who was just going to absorb everything I was saying. I gave everyone in the program a book, but he actually took the book and read it immediately and got back to me and told me all the things he learned from the book. You know, normally, oh gosh, he's got it right there just right. So communication secrets for success available on Amazon. But you know, I give my book away all the time. I include it in the programs I do. And, but rarely does someone come back. I read it and these are the things I learned from it. And these are the things I want to tell you. So he's just that, I'm sorry, but overachiever who like right. goes yeah. above and beyond in every <laughs> single way. So you are just part of our, a cherished, treasured right. member of our family, our Samson coaching and consulting family, our Cal State Northridge family, our, you know, family of people who are just constantly committed to growing and learning. And when you tell us that how much you've gotten out of our podcast and how you're listening to episodes over and over and you're in these incredible goals running hundreds and hundreds of miles. Now officially the
0: Right Questions family, right?
1: Yes, the Right Questions family. Exactly. And on top of that, like I could go on and on, but I won't. I just can't even thank you enough for someone of your caliber, your education, which is higher than ours, your level of education, your stature, to be such a supporter of everything we're doing and spreading the word. We just can't thank you enough. We're so grateful. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Like, this has been a privilege again for me. So for hearing how you received all of this is just such a privilege. I'm like going week by week and, and me posting all of your the stuff that's resonated with me. It's just moment in time, me wanting to go out into the field and let people know, like, this is what you're missing for all of us, we're on this trajectory of wanting to to better ourselves, um, this global shift to try to, to um, be the best version of ourselves. Your podcast is week by week has been that for me. So that's an honor. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And that was quite an intro
0: and it kind of to make it linear, because I know that there's a lot of ideas that have resonated with you. We started talking about it and we hit pause. And like I've said in the past, we needed to hit play here on the podcast. So now, or I should say record. So that's what we've done. I mean, Dizelle, if you could just like kind of back us up, I know there were, you would share, there were some things that were going on for you and some goals you had, and you were, as you still are today, seeking and searching. And you kind of mentioned when we were speaking that the podcast when we launched it kind of just came around at a time where you were you were looking for something and so I'm curious to know like what is it like what was going on and just like start the story and tell us like what happened like
2: yeah yes I may have to reserve some tissues just in case no no in all honesty it was so yeah thank you for that this where I am today standing in front of you all here and being a part of the the right questions family it all started really kind of when I had this desire to to want to change, to want something more for for myself than what I had in that moment. So the best really to describe this was, you know, I, I entered my doctoral program in 2017, and that was really kind of the shift to really me finding my voice, figuring out who I am and what I want to do with myself, what I want to do with my career. Going through that experience was was so amazing. But Fast approaching the end of it in 2020, having to shift to this virtual space, all of my academic and professional experiences have been around thousands and thousands of people, faculty, students, and staff. And being around that energy, right, being around people who are who have a goal or who are fighting for something or who are moving, constantly moving for something great. When the pandemic hit, you know, for all of us, what I had to do was I had to retract, and go into the small bubble and, and not to have those those amazing people whether it's students or staff to kind of um inspire me and so towards the end of my doctoral program i had a semester and a year left that had to go virtually online and at that moment We were going through multiple pandemics, right? The financial crisis that's going on here, the the racial, um, the pandemics that's happening. I mean, there's so much that that we're attacking multiple versions of my identity, right? My intersectionality as a queer Black male, going through all of this and not really having other people like my doctoral cohort mates, my faculty, my mentors to help me to figure out what is going on up here. So what I think what happened is I finished my doctoral program in, in the summer of 2020 and the minute I finished that, I was able to move into my first teaching experience, which was everything that I, that I knew that I wanted to do. It was like I manifested that opportunity. And so getting the doctorate and going into teaching and living living my dream, right, to be in front of the classroom and inspiring students, that's my life. And, and so it, was, it was, I, I was born at that moment. That's around September, September 1st. So Within a couple of weeks, I lost two family members. I felt at the top of my game, finishing my doctoral program. I felt like I had a voice in research and I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And after losing two people in my family, um, non-COVID related, two separate entities, it brought me back to this, this place that I, that I actually thought that I kind of um, overcame in the form of depression, in the form of so many things that I I looked in the mirror and I didn't know who I was looking at. I could count on so many fingers, all of my accomplishments, who I was at that, you know, all of the things that I had done, but it didn't really mean anything because of the messages that I was seeing in my mind and the way that I felt and, and feeling blocked and not really having anybody to really go to. I felt like I was just on this endless journey, Going in circles, not really going anywhere. And I had to make a decision because the end of the year was fast approaching, and I knew that I wanted to take part in this global shift that everybody was going to be going through in 2021, right? We were all anxious from the, the pandemic with the presidential election, just with so many things that were happening. I'm like, I want to jump on that train on January 1st. I need that to be this, this it would be a part of this global shift for good. The minute that I made that decision was the minute that the Right Questions podcast came into my life. I can't tell you enough, and it sounds crazy, but it is a thousand percent true. The work that you were doing, Bridget and Todd, I was following you obviously prior to that, but it was seeing your transition to this podcast, right? The first episode that came out was December 8th, 2020. What many habits will lead to big results? That was such a huge episode for me, but really, it was really the first episode. How asking the right questions can transform your life. October 26th, 2020. Keep in mind, I lost my first family member in like the first half of 20 of September. And then mid-October was when I when I lost the other. And at that moment is when the Right Questions podcast came into my life. And it really truly helped me to find. That thing that I could hold on to, that I could listen to, that I could absorb, allow to percolate and, and to provide me that, that structure that I was missing. What was even more amazing, it was coming from you, Bridget and, and Todd, people that I knew, voices that I, that I cherished. So it was, it was like, okay, I, I hear you. And then to see your business boom and transform in this, I was like, I'm, I'm so inspired about what you're all doing. I want to make sure every message that they put out, I'm going to listen. I'm going to take it in. I didn't really have to do much because every episode was like, you were all talking to me. It was like, you all knew what I was going through, what I needed in that moment. So really the, how asking the right questions can transform your life was so monumental for me because I knew that I think in the question it was like, you, you asked us, how do I want to think about this situation? What lessons are there for here to learn? What do I have control over now to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And then the last two questions that you had in this podcast that really made me think about wait a minute. This is what choices can I make now in this moment that I'll be proud of in 10 years? That was one of Todd's questions. And then, um, Bridget, how are our thoughts making us feel? And what kind of action do I want to take? Now, for somebody who felt like they were at the top of their game and that over a course of just a few circumstances, you really felt like I hit rock bottom and I had really no idea how to get out of it. And, and those moments, those questions helped me. And they served as this catalyst that shifted my focus, my determination, my my perception of really who I am and what I wanted to truly accomplish. Yeah. So I was really born in in, in episode one, October 26, wow. 2020.
1: You are just an A plus student because <laughs> you're reminding us. I remember that very well because it was our first episode and we were... Really didn't know what we were doing, you know. It was our very first. It was just out of the gate, you know. We we were giving this a shot. So the fact that those stuck with you and that you were able to apply those in your life is very profound for us to hear. Yeah.
0: Well, Bridget, we said, you know, I'm I'm, like you said, we're thinking. I'm thinking back to like how we came up with that, right? Because it was our first episode and. Because I have a question for you in here, Giselle, so get ready. I'm going to try to ask you the right question in a second. But we were trying to say, like, we wanted to do something that would resonate, but that was, like, meaningful and authentic. You know, we were trying to – we were doing workshops, and we were offering them for free. We were like, we want to – Offer the ideas, you know, share ideas in an, like an asynchronous way, a podcast where someone could just take it with them and be able to, like, you know, have us in their pocket. Like, we think that these conversations are important, and we said, well, what's the kind of the most important thing we could offer? So we tried to start with that and offer a really honest and vo- be vulnerable in a discussion about what questions guided us through our darkest kind of moments or, or some of our darkest moments, and you know, to hear that you know, somebody, right, one person, yourself, right, that it, not only did it resonate, but it altered in some positive way your trajectory of what's going on for you, that we could be a small part of your journey in that way is very, you know, meaningful and, and humbling. But even more so, just makes me so happy for you. And then I'm going to tie it. There's two questions in here. So I, you one to the other, okay? How asking the right questions can transform your life. I'm curious if since then you've developed a question yourself that what questions you're using to guide you and how those are working to transform yourself, you know, maybe using some of ours. I don't know. And then through that, how did we get to episode four and like the mini habits? And because I, I remember you saying that's kind of where we hit pause. I'm like, OK, 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 we got to do this on the podcast, like mini habits. You started talking about running. I was just like, Pause. So the questions that transform your life that are guiding you now, perhaps.
2: Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Yes. The main question that I have here is, what do I need to do to be the best version of myself? Very simple. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Simple. yeah. Because most of my life, I've always been striving to try to be, Giselle, how can you be the best version of yourself? And really, sometimes you don't really know what that means. And then it manifests and then it's created as you start to move. So for me, I had to go back and say, who am I? What am I most proud of? And not what other people, what am I most proud of about what other people think about me? It's what makes me happy? Because Todd and Bridget, I think I've told you most of my life, I turned 36 this past June. Most of my life, most of the 30 years, I felt like I I never really gave more than probably 75 or 80% because I was so afraid of being seen, of being just giving it all because I I was too busy being afraid of of my own um, success. And So me kind of asking myself this question is how can I become the best version of myself? That allowed me to go back and say, like, what am I most proud of? What are the things that I know that I can do that can help me to reach that? And with your episode, what many habits will lead to big results? Episode four from December 18th, 2020, right? This is all important. These 2020 Messages that I was receiving because, again, everything was leading to that January first cultural resh- or that mind uh, that um, global reshift of, of the mind. And so, in the episode, what many habits will uh, will um, will lead to big results was kind of tied to another one, right? What is your morning routine? Another episode, episode 15 from May 11, 2021. Those two episodes uh, together helped me to realize that setting many habits things that you know that, 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 are, that are tied to you, right. Um, that you can accomplish. What are those small little habits that you can do that are, that that will lead to me being my best version of myself. And I had to kind of figure out what that looked like, but I didn't really have to look far because all I had to look down was a little looked out at my feet, looked down at how taking a step, right. Whether it's walking or running, how that makes me feel all of my life, running, moving, taking action, or just getting my body moving um, has always been something that that has helped me to kind of navigate or maneuver through kind of the, the ruck, the, the muck, right? So it's a lot of the things that make me uncomfortable. So I recognize that when I go and run, that's when I become one with myself. That's when I'm able to, to really clear my mind, ask myself those the right questions, and then and, and help me to kind of reshift how I want to think. Sometimes, look, I was having arguments with myself. I was laughing. I was crying, you know, internally. But it was a chance for me to to find out who i was and to let out all of the it's the, the emotions that scaffolded from the minute that we transferred um that we had to, to work from home and to literally be in our own kind of invisible prison i had to find what's going to help me to get out of it so the running what is my mini habit and how has that led to big results well after listening to that podcast, episode four, I realized that I wanted to set something for myself that I knew was going to allow me to just feel good because I didn't really feel good about myself or what I was doing at that time. While even though I had my doctorate, I was teaching, I was I was at the top of my game, but in here I was struggling. So I decided that I may, I would make the choice to make sure that I run at least one mile a day for 365 days, starting with January 1st, 2021. That didn't just happen, right? People just just gasped. People listening,
0: they're like, like like a collective gasp. Wait, wait, what? Like every day? Yeah, everybody take a moment. Just
1: absorb (laughs) that for a second. That is... I mean people out there who are afraid and I'm included you know to set a really big hairy audacious goal some someone out He's there He's calling calls it, it right? a
0: smart goal though. He's like no nah, that was like that was my low. I I know I could do like an hour or I could do 1 mile. I'm like what? I I work out.
1: Right. <laughs> no, for more of not, us that would not be oh, minimum.
2: I have to admit right. I didn't
1: not every day, <laughs> every day, 365, but go ahead, go ahead. But it is a good example of the mini habit concept because for you, and, and also of how it's different for each of us, we didn't say anything about running, but for you, it's running. So I'm so thrilled to hear that because that's what we always want to convey is just giving you some of our examples, but we want you to find what really fills your tank. Tell us more about your running goal.
2: Yeah, so really prior to that year, in 2020, I actually accumulated 1,122 miles for the year. So it wasn't like I wasn't running. I found myself... I my twitch. <laughs> I found myself through hitting the pavement and and listening to your guys' podcasts and other podcasts alike. That's where my messages were were and, and still are being received the best. So once January 1st came, I said, look, I'm going to make this commitment. I want to be able to see, can I achieve what I say that I'm going to do, right? I got that kind of, my mentor, Dr. Nathan Dardella, that look, just say what you're going to do and do it. And it's that simple. So I said that I was going to run one mile every day for 365 days. And I can tell you as of today is um, day 222. I've accumulated, uh, I think this is the part that I forgot to look up, but I'm well into the 800 I think I'm about 815 miles for the year and I'm well, well on my way to achieving my 1200 miles for the year.
1: Wow. Wow! That is just, Hey, congratulations. Just take a, like a moment of silence to acknowledge that and, and for you. And that is just, I mean, I can't help but thinking like, and people are probably wondering, were there any days where you were sick or tired or had some kind of unexpected thing that it was hard to do that to, to make a goal of every single day without exception. Like there must have been obstacles that you had to push through.
2: Absolutely. I mean the biggest obstacle is up here. It's getting out of my way. And that was really one of the things that I'm still learning today. It's and and you helped me kind of with that through the self-coaching model, which I'm going to talk about in a moment too is is looking at the circumstances, changing the way that I think so that way my feelings and my actions and results are on par with my goal of becoming my best version of myself. So I, I just, um to see your guys' excitement and amazement, it's just kind of like, well, you know, it's a, it's a normal thing for me now. A lot of my validation comes now from just knowing that I can achieve anything that I put my mind to. I can't no longer say that I can't do this because I can. I've proven against the odds. So to be able to do that and, and really have much of that being taken care of at the very beginning of my morning. Um, Sometimes I, I do kind of have to shift. Sometimes I have runs that are, you know, towards the latter end of the day. But really that morning routine, what was really important for me was to get those miles in, in the morning, to set the tone for the day. So that way my mind didn't have a chance to be the one that sets the tone. It was really me clearing my mind, setting these tensions, these affirmations. So that way I wouldn't make sure that I, that I was getting in my way to Then become the best version of myself.
1: Incredible. Well, that's incredibly inspiring. For some folks, it might not be realistic to say I'm going to run a mile every single day, but I think we can all be, I'm inspired by like that, just that belief in yourself. I think that's what we all need. And when I asked you, what were the obstacles? And you immediately said, the obstacles were only in my own mind. I think that's just so powerful. Like if we say something out loud, I am going to do this and we believe in ourselves and we realize that we can do it, as you said, nothing can stop us. Nothing can get in the way. But you you just have that attitude that, I'm just going to stick to it. I made this commitment to myself. I'm going to do it, and it's it's amazing. It really is. And the self since you're bringing up the self coaching model, I just want to say that we haven't really covered it in a lot of detail, which we are planning to do in a probably in a later. Yeah, we probably we need, to. We need, need to. to dedicate a whole episode to the self coaching model because that is the I foundation so. of a lot of things we talk about. But but Dizel just explained it perfectly to give you. He just gave you the preview yeah. that you can <laughs> all good. get it, and every there's circumstances in life, right, that we may have no control over in the moment. It's raining, right? Like a circumstance, it's raining. So is your thought, I can't run because it's raining? Or is your thought, I promise myself I'm going to run a mile every day, right? Rain- My husband, Neil, says when it's raining, oh, isn't it nice that humans are waterproof? Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, we can't go out yeah. as rain. He's like, yeah. we're waterproof. We can go out there, right? So, you know, a circumstance, but well, we can't change this <laughs> raining, but we can think something <laughs> different and then feel motivated, inspired, energized, and our action is to go for the run. And the result is we're meeting our goal. We're doing that at minimum one mile every single day. So it's a simple model, but when you really embrace it and apply it in your life and realize that changing your thoughts about things is the power we have.
2: Yeah. And I think to be honest, what that has helped me do was to embrace this notion of like, I can't step out of my comfort zone and really into this courage zone of this growth zone that you guys have, have spoken about. So, um, so often is and the perfect example is you probably wouldn't even notice that being in front of the camera, taking photos, being on zoom was probably one of my, the, the most terrifying things for me prior to the pandemic. Absolutely. I mean, it, it tied into kind of how I saw myself and just a lot of things. I mean, there's a whole nother episode that can go into that, but this is the beautiful part about it is because the work that you guys are to provide uh, for me and your listeners were all things that I was using when teaching my my first time freshman students right the the self coaching model um, teaching them how to ask the right questions that can transform I mean literally week by week I was I was finding ways to incorporate it but I think what was what was so amazing was that I could apply what I learned from you to help me to become comfortable in my skin. That's attached to my profession. I was in a doctoral program that I had to finish. I had to jump on Zoom. Being an academic advisor for nearly eight hours a day, being on Zoom, like I had to make a commitment of that. I'm no longer going to be like this in meetings, right? With just a picture of myself. I wanted to make sure that I'm present. Other things that are attached to that too is oftentimes in higher ed, there's very few people who look like me and who kind of match my Intersectionality as a queer black male, I haven't seen very many versions of myself. But sometimes it's in the form of students or, or maybe that one other staff member showing up with just a you know my name or a photo. It was doing less of a it was doing more of a disservice for me, and then what what I could really do. So it was important that stepping out of my comfort zone and into the courage zone, making sure that I'm visible, making sure that I can communicate with others just as, uh, you know, as freely as I do, you know, in person today, turn it on. Like, I don't even feel the camera anymore. I don't even feel much of that anxiety that's attached to it. But again, it's those daily habits, those things that you have to shift in your mind to say, wait a minute, this may be uncomfortable, but this is teaching you how to be comfortable in your own skin. Just like running and
0: just like, running. right. Just like running. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, you know, when you, you were talking there, Bridget, like, about running in the rain, right? I'm thinking of like a Nike commercial and then what Giselle's saying, just say what you're going to do and do it, right? And there's a reason probably that Nike landed on that. No, don't, you know, now we're broadcasting this. (laughs) It's theirs, it's Nikes. But there's a reason, right, that that has stuck and stuck. They they haven't changed it. They didn't change it up. It's like, just do it. Because in the end, when you just do it, like when you go run, even though it's raining, even though you're tired, even though, whatever, insert excuse if we want to use it as that. Or when we do that and we follow through with it, we reap the the results aren't just, you know, an endorphin dump, some serotonin and dopamine, which is good for you, by the way, right? It's not just building, you know, dumping your happy stuff and dumping the pharmacy out of your out of your brain into your body and doing all that good stuff. It's also, like you said, forming a habit and out of the comfort zone into the courage zone self-concept that you can rely on yourself to follow through. So it doesn't matter what's in front of you. You're going to handle it. And that's what I'm, I'm listening to you. And I'm inspired by it because, and it's infectious. And that the fact that you get to share that with so many students, that you get to impact so many lives as a result of it, you're really like a walking example of someone who takes care of themselves, like takes, seeks knowledge, takes care of themselves so that they can show up, as we always say, to take care of others in ways that serve them as best possible, like serving yourself to be the best version of yourself so that you can show up in those ways. It's super, super impressive. I just, you know, you got me going there. I got excited.
1: And I wanna jump in there too. We're gonna to go back come back to you, Giselle. But you know, I don't wanna gloss over what you're saying about intersectionality and the pressures on you not only to be a role model as a professor, as a having your doctorate, as an advisor, but your acknowledgement, of your black male, as you said. <sighs> there's a different kind of pressure on you to model for, especially for students. But as you say, even for, of course, for step, faculty and staff, representation at higher levels in higher education, it's simply not there. And it's not there in the STEM programs. It's it, very, very small representation in the STEM programs, which is of course why you're doing what you're doing and the research that you're doing. And so often when I can say that I've seen Challenges to what we talk about, people challenging it and saying it's easy to say this as a privileged white person. And I agree with that. I hear that and I honor that. And I have also heard people of color and people in underrepresented groups and people in the LGBTQ community say it still helps. It still works. We may have had more um, racism is a circumstance, by the way. It is not a thought, you know, homophobia, transphobia, these are very real circumstances circumstances in the world. So when we look at the model, some people misread it to say it's like, oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and a lack of acknowledging the horrific inequities and injustices. And I I hope that people can see that that's not true, that it is available to all, it is helpful to all. Obstacles and the injustices and inequities are absolutely acknowledged as part of it, as circumstances, because we can't always control those in the moment, but we can choose what we're going to think and do about them. That's kind of the message. And I hope that's how it comes across.
2: It it absolutely does. And I think, again, because I may be kind of a unicorn in that almost every episode that that you've come up with, literally, it's like the seeds are planted. I'm fully embracing it all. And I'm able to apply it to my own experiences, right? Um, For instance, as a Self described servant leader, somebody who is always about serving others and making sure that others have what they need in order to grow and to just be the best versions of themselves, right? Where I kind of come in second. That was my biggest struggle most of the time because I knew that being a part of a servant leader is is making sure that you're really giving so much of yourself. But you have to make sure that before you do that, that yourself, that you're in a good space. And so taking these messages from your podcast and seeing your work as you continue to branch out and then taking my, my own lived experiences and finding ways how that connects. I'm like, look, me getting out of the comfort zone into the courage zone, me achieving my goals through these many habits, I have all manifested into the ingredients of my success, but it all has to do with the fact that I'm also still black. For instance, running every single day, that's not really the biggest issue. Sometimes it's, where am I going to go run? Because I live in Valencia, Santa Clarita, California, and there's not very many. Yeah. And so does Todd. Not too many people who look you know, like me, but I love the area. I love where we are. It's very close to sea sun, but an amazing, amazing um, uh, paseos and, and just trails and everything. That's where I found myself. And my strength, but I have to also explain to you too that there are definitely days that I've experienced microaggressions. I've experienced, you know, kind of overt racism. And that, on top of me listening, getting in your messages, it's very conflicting. And I've taken sometimes some of those negative interactions and allowed that to kind of take away from some of the things that I gained over the course of a couple of months. But again, changing the way that I think about that specific circumstance completely changed the way that I felt. And then, you know, the actions that came after that, it allowed me to feel powerful to say, regardless of what's happening, I'm still achieving my goal and saying, and and doing what I said I was going to do. I can't control what's happening to the other people. All I can do is can control my excellence. And so absolutely me going out into the world, taking your messages and and just living as a, as a queer black male and says, like anybody can take from your work. And I'm just one, one example.
1: Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Go
0: ahead, Todd. Well, you know, I'm, you've said the, the title a few times, right? That invisible prison and you mentioned, right? kind of, it's, it's an overarching, idea that continuing to break out of right like we break out of and continue like i'm busting out there's things that you know almost like when we think uh um you know our hierarchy of needs right that there's things like you pointed out today that catapult us back to the the foundation right back to you know sort of basic needs stuff and we have to build and climb up again yeah. and so you mentioned you know breaking out of that prison and it ties right to building our change resilience, which is something we're always talking about. Aside from the many habits and the habits of running, can you like enumerate like bullet point for us? Like I I started doing this, I did this. Like what have you been doing? Cause like, what's the action? What were the, these are the ideas, right? And you went and put them into action. What actions can you share with us that you're doing and have done?
2: Perfect opportunity, right? Going back to that, um, how to build your change resilience, right? The first thing was taking away the idea that nothing is really permanent. The only thing that's permanent is change. Or let me go back. Me setting the daily goal of, of running, right, was really just kind of the surface of it all. But when I came back, I still had to, I still had to work. I still had to go to school. I still had to do these other things. So it was really utilizing the self-coaching model, which I know you're going to talk about soon, still really helping me to change The way that I think people think it's crazy when I tell them when I'm like, oh, I I need to go for a run so I can fine tune my thoughts and really figure out what what is what's causing the specific thought that's driving this action. So if I'm not feeling like myself, feeling like an imposter or feeling like I'm just down, I take that opportunity to run. And a lot of the times I've got you in my ears and then I come back with all of these new ideas and all of these new um, inspirations that. For me, it's about taking all of the things that I know that are going to help me to be the best version of myself and mending them together, running, becoming one with myself and the podcast.
0: That mm-hmm. Here's what I hear you saying, Dizelle. It's not that complicated, simple, listening to something, us, somebody else, right? Yourself. So tuning into self, active listening, self-reflection and consistency, right? Just doing it over. You talked about action. So mind into action. And the result is that the universe, which what I hear you saying is hands you back, reflects back to you all of that courage, right? Like the simplicity of it is, I hear you saying, I step out of my comfort zone daily. That's what I do now. I just step out there. And when I feel uncomfortable, I talk to myself, I coach myself, I use the model and go, how else do I want to think about this? What will allow me to be the best Oh, that thought's not serving me well. What's one that that'll serve me well, and you know, like we say, rinse and repeat, and that's not that complicated, and what you got was you told me you've stepped into a new class right into a new picked up right like the universe to refla- you, you said to me it's like exactly what I wanted, right? Tell me about it tell me
2: yeah, so again, changing the way that I think and what i'm what I'm capable and what I deserve it allows me to, and I'm going to talk about this, it, my motto, right? It helped me to develop kind of my own motto about the idea of chance favors those who are in motion. You have to keep moving. You have to take action and then that's only then will opportunities follow, right? So to reach the goal or manifest opportunities in our life or people, we must embrace some, some form of movement, right? We must be going somewhere to get somewhere. So success, Opportunities or even just expanding our network or, or meeting other people requires movement. If you're sitting on the sidelines and you're just watching, you'll never accomplish anything, you'll never meet anybody. Take action and then opportunities will follow. And it was because for me, oftentimes I felt like I was always running around in circles, not really getting anywhere. Even though you're not going somewhere, you're still moving, which shows that you still have a something within you that's waiting for something that's open and receptive. So that all kind of helped me to figure out this other part of how can I make my mess, my adversity, the things that I'm not most proud of, how can I use those as my message to other students? Because nobody's perfect, right? You can't dwell on your hardships or adversity for too long because over time people are going to be like, okay, we've already heard it. You have to find ways to change your woe is me to a "whoa is me. (laughs) Kind of all three of those ideas, didn't just happen. they developed into my DNA. And that all started from really October 22nd, going from all 21 episodes, to the most recent one about servant leadership. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> as somebody who truly, fully embraces themselves as a servant leader, I'm like, how, how did they know? How did they know? And then the opportunity for you to ask me to be a part of this, the power of manifestation, right? We want it. You can take it, you have it, but you just have to believe it. And that is how I was able to go from idea to action, all of the messages. So I'm just very excited to what's to come because I'm I'm in this chapter of my life where I still haven't really seen it all because it's like a binge growth. I I talked to a lot of people.
0: First quarter.
2: First quarter. quarter. (laughs) From my doctoral program, going through the three years of that binge, so much binge growth that I didn't really have a chance to kind of step back and see like, wait, what just happened? Who am I here? And then to have to transition, you know, from the pandemic and today, it's still a lot that's going on, still so much growth, but I'm just excited. I feel like I'm this pool of experiences and messages and ideas. And I'm just, I'm starting to finally put them all together and and realizing how that's become my armor, how it's become, you know, my style. You guys talked about style and how do you embrace it? It's, I'm finding my voice, the multiple pandemics and your in your podcast.
0: I was gonna say, man, you were like glowing, beaming. Like there's a passion and a light in you that's infectious. Like if I was your student, I mean I'm not your student, I'm just listening to you. Like the clarity, you, you say I've got a lot of thoughts going in. Like, yeah, but you have a, so much clarity, like it's it's so apparent that you've spent time thinking. And arriving at these ideas and that they're genuine and and sincere, that it's so refreshing to feel that. From somebody, and it's always very inspiring. It's like I'm—I wrote down some of your sayings because I think they're just so fantastic, your models. But I'm like—I'm thinking, well, gosh, when's Dr. Johnson's TED Talk coming out? Because yeah, yeah can I coach? I can I can I be your speaker coach? Because uh, you know, I want to yes. be a part of
1: that. You, that thats well. You, I'm glad you put that out into the universe because I could not agree with you more. And every time Dizelle and I talk, it's like. He could even have his own podcast. There are all kinds of things, you know, that could potentially happen. And I know I'm probably to feel this way, but to me, you're very young. You have accomplished so much in your very young life and to be, have your doctorate and all that. But boy, that your future is very bright. As Don says, you know, you can go and seeing seeing how excited you are to be teaching new courses and content and how how revered and respected you are in higher education be constantly asked to teach and to teach new courses that you're so passionate about it's just it's very exciting for us as we all know as educators there's nothing better than seeing people succeed and love what they're doing and get opportunities to grow and and keep doing what they want most to do in new and exciting ways and we see that with you dizel and we we just are so excited and happy for you.
2: Just one last thing that I just want to just, and not even just for anyone, like the listeners, I think, and this is just from my experiences, is in order to really get to where, you know, halfway to where I began, is you have to have this, you have to be open and receptive to change. You have to be open and receptive to ambiguity. You have to be open and receptive to new ideas, new other people, and just say, you know what? I throw my hands up and I'm ready. I think the only reason that I'm in this space and that I've arrived at these multiple locations with so much is because I've allowed myself to just be open. Most of my life, it was with the facade, with being very closed and not really knowing what it is that I needed, being able to kind of chip away at that. And to really figure out who I am through, you know, through your podcast and other ways, it's just, you have to be open and receptive to other people and to what's to come next. And I think that this pandemic has taught us so much on that is like, look, there's not much you can control, but what you can control is how you think and how you move and how you embrace it all. And um, so at the end of the day, I encourage all the listeners, like go through, look at all the different headlines of the episodes and figure out the ones that resonate with you. If you haven't already listened to them and go on a walk or or do something that, that that's, you know, your version of my running, whether that's doing yoga or sitting, whatever it is, find something that, you know, that you can do while listening to the podcast and while, you know, trying to, to elevate yourself. Because when you combine those two together, I feel like the messages are truly received.
1: Yes. Very good, well and we could more. We'd love to. We'd love to have people listening more. I think you said you've even listened to a couple of episodes more than once. Thank you for sharing how you put our ideas into action. It's it's incredible to hear that. You know, we're just sitting here, and again, like you, during the pick. I mean, I don't know that we would have this podcast if it weren't a pandemic, because we were on traveling all the time for our consulting work, and so it just being able to put our ideas out there in this virtual way and to have someone as accomplished as you and wonderful as you come back, that it was really helpful to you is, is just a really full circle uh, meaningful moment for us. And we can't thank you enough for you know, with us as much as you have privately. And now with all of our listeners as well, it means the world. I can't even thank you enough. Really. Thank
2: you. Thank you. If you taught me through your foray into taking that leap of faith and embracing this new medium and excelling and succeeding, seeing that as I was kind of on my own journey of growth, it almost felt like I was so proud of you and, and what, what this has manifested and what it's become. And I felt like I'm riding that same, that same kind of train along with you as the embrace and learning. And it's just, it's amazing to be here, to be able to, to just be a part of this.
1: Yeah. We are all in it together, learning from and inspiring each other for sure.
0: Well, Diselle, thank you. Everybody needs support and everybody needs an example, right? Like kind of like a guide. And you know, to hear you, and, and what I mean by that is you for everybody who's listening, right? And and watching us on YouTube. It's it's like if we make a commitment to just do it and actually fulfill that commitment to ourselves to come back to your thesis, to come back to something that I know is important to you, you become unstoppable. You break out and it's just that feeling can't be, you want to bottle it, right? You want to bottle it and sell it and give it to somebody, right? But it's something that is, you realize like, it can't be taken away because it wasn't bestowed upon you. Like you earned it through your efforts. You learned it, you live it. And then you issued now, a strong but compassionate message, encouragement to our listeners, which is like, hey, kind of like I can do this, you can do this, get out there, find your running, find whatever your version of running is and be open, which I think was perhaps one of the most important messages you shared here today about open to receiving people, information, ideas as a means for transformation of self. Right. And so if you actually truly want those things, it's there for the taking. Go out there and get it. Like you said, just do it. So I'm sure we could sit here for an hour two, maybe entire semester and chat about all the wonderful ideas that you have as well about how to not only help self but really like big ideas about how to change things across society so that's to be a conversation for another episode Bridget this was wonderful yep Dizelle thank you so much Dr. Johnson proud of you Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Great conversation. Absolutely. And thank you for being a listener and a self-described fan. I still don't know that I can say, but you call yourself a fan. And I. You, it's so kind of you. It's just so, so kind of you. And it keeps us going, you know, because sometimes we don't know who's out there and how they're receiving things. So we can't thank you enough for telling us, for coming back to us and telling us how it's affecting you and what you're, how you're applying it in your life. It's a huge gift that you have given us. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And the gift, I've received it on my end as well. Just being here, being invited to this space, it's just a pure honor. And again, just me going back to seeing who I thought I was many years ago to who I am today, it's amazing. And as, as Todd mentioned, I'm definitely unstoppable in so many great ways. And I can wait for other listeners to find how what that looks like for them through your messages and and through what we're going to do next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, be good people. I'll say make amazing choices. Thank you to We will see you next time. Take
2: care.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry
0: and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app.
1: If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, SampsonCoachingAndConsulting.com. And connect with me on Instagram at The Bridget Sampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you
0: next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions.